as we balance the craziness of life and we try to do our best at home with our family, our friends, there's a powerful tool at our disposal where we can craft these experiences that are so powerful that it will be like an anchor for us and our family as we move forward through life. And we'll remember the feelings that we had during that time and the emotions that we felt. And that tool is family traditions. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. Welcome to the Family Health and Hustle Podcast, where sharing our stories, common experiences, and best practices about balancing family, practicing good health, and reaching your goals can help you feel supported, bring clarity, and guide you to the life you want. So if you're ready to challenge yourself, your health, and the hustle around you, then consider this your community. Now, let's welcome your host, Anthony Hernandez. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Can you believe it? We are less than a week away from the big day, the most magical day of the year, Christmas. And in that spirit, today I wanted to focus a little bit on Christmas magic, a little bit on creating and enhancing family experiences, even crafting family experiences that amplify the Christmas season or any season, really. It doesn't have to be Christmas specific. It can be any time of the year any reason, there's a special tool that we have that we can use to create memorable experiences with our families. And that's traditions, family traditions. Now, again, this can be applied to not just the nuclear family, but any version of family. If you are single with a bunch of friends, okay. Traditions can be an opportunity to create these milestones, these pillars in your memory uh, of times that things were going really well, times that not only were things going well, but as the tradition approaches, things that you can look forward to. A conversation I often have with myself, uh, some thoughts as I self-reflect, is I will look back at maybe some of my actions and say, is there something I can do to be a better father? My One of my biggest fears is to waste time with my kids. And when I have a lazy day where I'm tired from what I had done throughout the day and my kids want to play and I just want to sit on the couch, in that moment, I'm just tired. I just want to lay down. And and, and then what will often happen is like after that moment, I'll be like, man, why did I do that? I just wasted some valuable time with my family. Like that's my fear. I don't want to waste time. And... I'm always thinking about that. I'm always thinking, how can I be a better father, a better son, a better brother, a better coworker, whatever it is? How can I really be the best version of myself? And the answer is, you're not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be perfect. But there are ways to create these experiences where everyone can remember the the way that they felt, whether it be love, whether it be magic, whether it be... Uh, just a good old-fashioned time. <laughs> and that's through traditions. Especially for families. If you're, if you're trying to juggle life and you're looking for opportunities to create these points in your kid's life or your spouse's life where they're going to look back and be like, that was great. Traditions. Family traditions. Now today, because of the season, 
for those who are watching. I got my Santa Claus hat on. But because of the season, because we're just days away from Christmas, I wanted to have a very special guest on to talk a little bit about Christmas traditions and Christmas magic. And even though Christmas is less than a week away, it's never too late to start this. Whether it's now for Christmas or whether it's for Easter or Valentine's Day or whatever, it's never too late to start traditions and to start enhancing the magic of the season with your family. Today we are going to have an amazing author on. Uh, Her name is Annie Beagley. Annie is a mother to three lovely and lively children. She studied communications at Utah Valley University. And in addition to being a children's book author, Annie enjoys playing piano duets with her husband and making music with family. They live in Eagle Mountain, Utah. So without further ado, I want to welcome Annie Beagley to the show. Thanks for having me, Anthony. Yeah. So I recently came across your book, A Dash of Christmas Magic, um, which is about Christmas traditions, right? I, I'm, I'm sure that any book that's written about traditions, there's probably a lot of meaning and, and backstory to that. So I wanted to have you on and and kind of talk about talk about your book, talk about a little bit about the principles that it it goes over and the power of traditions, especially Christmas traditions. Perfect. That sounds great. So one, I guess just as an overview of the book, it's about a seven-year-old little girl named Nellie. And she loves Christmas. She loves everything about Christmas. She claims to be a Christmas magic expert. Um, And she kind of talks about all of the ways that Christmas can feel magical. So she talks about, well, maybe, maybe Christmas magic comes from the Christmas trees and the lights on the Christmas tree. Or maybe when I open up a Christmas present, it just throws magic into the air. Or, um, you know, maybe it really is Santa that's the Christmas magic. Um, she has a friend who believes that Santa comes to her house down her chimney to deliver Christmas presents, um, not just to her, but to every kid in the whole world. You know, she's talking about all these, all these ways that Christmas could be magic. And then she kind of dives into Santa and, and how there's so many things to love about Santa Claus. She loves that Santa looks just like her next door neighbor, Mr. Lewis, and how Mr. Lewis dresses up as Santa Claus at their neighborhood Christmas party every year. And Mr. Lewis is one of the big helpers of the Christmas magic in her neighborhood. At this Christmas party, it's it takes place at a Christmas tree farm. And she talks about how they pick out Christmas trees and how they Every year they bring Nana Jewel's highly classified Christmas sugar cookies to the party to share with everyone, but they never share the recipe. Of course, the recipe is written in the back of the book, so no one's missing out there. She talks about waiting in line to see Santa, and then she kind of dives into what a tradition is. 
She says that her mom has taught her that a tradition is something that feels warm and fuzzy and special. Its main goal is to help you feel close and connected to those around you. It can be something that happens regularly or it can be something new. It doesn't really matter as long as you feel warm and cozy and loved. And then she talks about her favorite tradition, which is North Pole Night. So mom runs upstairs and dad sits down with Nellie and her little brothers, Peter and Jameson, and they read Christmas stories by the Christmas tree. And then mom calls up each of the kids one at a time to come upstairs. She comes in to what is mom's bedroom, but it's decorated like the North Pole. And she picks out a gift for each of her family members for Christmas. So there's little little piles of gifts around the room that are designated, you know, for each person. And she just picks her favorite one. And then she sits down with mom and they wrap them together and they put all of these gifts into a Santa sack. And she carries them downstairs and delivers them underneath the Christmas tree. And then when everyone's done, when everyone has had their time in the North Pole to be Santa, they all turn out all the lights and they eat their Santa cookies and sing Christmas songs by the Christmas tree. And she talks about how it's too tricky to fall asleep on Christmas Eve because there's just so much magic. It's just too, too much for her. Um, and then the next morning she comes downstairs and her brothers are opening the Christmas presents and her mom looks at her and says, what do you, do you feel it? Do you feel the magic? Do you feel how special it feels right now? And dad's like, oh, I can feel it. What do you think? Where do you think it came from? What do you think it's about? And she's watching Jameson and Petey open their, open their gifts and she can tell just how happy that they feel because they can feel special and loved because of the gifts that she had given them. So from there, she goes into how Christmas magic can be tricky because it's not flying reindeer magic and it's not toy making magic and it's not naughty and niceless magic. And she can't grow a beard and she doesn't have a belly like jelly, but the real magic is being and seeing magic at Christmas. The way Petey can be magic when he pets Benny the cat instead of pulling his tail. Or when Mr. Lewis, her next door neighbor, shovels the snow in front of Mrs. Wilson's sidewalk so that she doesn't slip and fall. Or when Jameson shares his toys without getting mad at Petey. Or when dad brushes my hair at bedtime, you know, talking about all the ways that we feel connected, that we feel close to those around us. And that's really where she feels the magic come from. Anyway, so yeah, that's kind of an overview of A Dash of Christmas Magic. That's awesome. What I love about it is, you know, oftentimes I feel like during the Christmas season, you'll you'll hear people talk about how quickly it's going by. Uh, I mean, here we are. Um, 
you know, just, week, just, yeah, right? exactly. A week away <laughs> from, from Christmas. And oftentimes you'll hear people say like, ah, it doesn't even, it didn't even feel like Christmas uh, this year. Like it went by too quick. Well, what I love about what you're talking about in, in this book is that, um, the, the true spirit of Christmas should be in the traditions and the, the relationships and the interactions that we have, not just Santa, not just reindeer, not just these other things, Christmas lights, all that's great, but I almost feel like that should be icing on the cake. And so, exactly. yeah, fr from what I'm hearing from you, it's like traditions in general, but specifically Christmas, like there's this whole opportunity to create that Christmas spirit uh, through these things that you do with your family. And then, and then Santa's just, that's a bonus. But I, I feel like almost we, exactly. we rely too much on, on that Santa and, and the Christmas lights and all that stuff. And then that's, that can change year to year. If you're too busy to go out and look at things or, you know, the lines are crazy to go meet Santa Claus at the local department store exactly. or whatever, like all that can hurt if you're just relying on that. Right. Or you forget to move the elf on the shelf one night. Does that end the magic, you know? Exactly. Um, I think one of the things that really got me thinking about it is talking to my kids about when Santa ended, you know, when Santa isn't real anymore. Um, I don't even have kids who are quite old enough for that conversation. But when they were really little and I started thinking like the magic has to end, like that's, that's hard. Yeah. Why, why does it have to end? Um, and, and I sort of just had to come up with a way to distance ourselves from where magic could come from and find a way to make the magic. It's kind of the birthplace of Nelly, um, because I just don't want there to be that disconnect because the elf is fun. Santa is fun. And my kids still believe in Santa Claus. It's not like we've you know, taking Santa out of it, but they see him as a character in a, you know, in a story the same way you might see, say, Jack Skellington as a fun Halloween character, mm -hmm. um, just more distanced maybe from the spotlight of Christmas. And that, that has helped me to continue to feel the magic as well, which was kind of an unanticipated side quest of distancing myself from Santa and distancing our family from Santa was just that it became easier for me to feel Christmas spirit, for me to feel connected to my kids, connected to our traditions, connected to the things that made us feel like a family and feel together because it's not Santa's fault that we're a family. It's not Santa's fault that we're together. I guess I just worry that we give him too much credit sometimes. So taking some of that back into my own responsibility has brought the magic back for me in a lot of ways. I love that. And I really appreciate your insight on that because you're right. There is there is a time even looking back as myself and my youth, there was a time where Christmas was just like this unreal time of the year. It was crazy. It was magical. And then there's a transition period to get a little bit older and then it becomes still magical, but but it almost loses some of that oomph. You know, what I mean, like it's it's there, there is a period of time where it changes. And so I love the idea that you don't have to have that period of time where it changes if you root that Christmas magic 
in traditions or family relationships. Or one thing that you said that I loved uh, prior to this call and also now as well as taking back some of that responsibility of the Christmas magic. It's now more on our shoulders to to create those bonds and those experiences, not just Santa's. Right. I love that. Right. And taking the credit. I mean, I feel like obviously it's always been the parents behind (laughs) Christmas magic, right? (laughs) Um, Mm. But I feel like we've passed a lot of that off onto Santa. And then what happens when Santa's not there anymore? What happens when, when we, you know, face reality and become grownups? And I don't know. I just feel like it didn't, it didn't have to happen. And, and I've loved that. I see that in my kids as we've, you know, this is our tradition. We do North pole night instead of um, Santa gifts. Um, And seeing their excitement for the gifts that they're giving each other has been amazing. And seeing the benefits of spending one-on-one time with them on Christmas Eve. Like I get to be in the magic, very hands-on. I'm right there with them as they're deciding and thinking through what gifts they want to give their siblings. And we get to sit down together and write a little handwritten note to their siblings and then wrap up the gifts together. So we get that, you know, 10, 15 minutes of connection one-on-one. And then we get it all as a family as we're sitting by the Christmas tree after that. And it just quiets everything down. It just has taken the noise out and slowed us down in a lot of ways. And it's just been magic for lack of a better word. (laughs) That's awesome. So let me ask you this real quick. So a a threat that we often have in our house is, especially around this time of the year, is the elf is watching. If if you're naughty, the elf will see it or Santa knows. Do you want Santa? Santa's not going to bring you any presents. So (laughs) as a parent, as you transition, obviously we're not saying, hey, don't don't cut off all the all that stuff. But as you take some of that responsibility back from Santa and you root it more into your family and into your traditions. Just curious, what are those conversations like? Are are there threats like that in the Beagley household where it's like, you know, Ah, Santa might not do this, or maybe it's just mom. Not mom's not going to let that. Right, right. I think that's that's such a good question. I love that question so much. It kind of leaks into, I guess, our our parenting philosophy as well. um, That Santa's disconnected from the discipline, right? Mm -hmm. Santa at our house isn't naughty and nice, making magic. He we don't do elf on the shelf. I mean, maybe part of that's laziness for me. I love the idea of it. In it a lot takes of ways. a lot of work. I'm telling you, <laughs> so much you got to be creative, like 25 <laughs> days of the month. That's, that's too much for me. Once or twice that's I can commitment. do. That is commitment. <laughs> but yeah, we've never had those conversations. I, I don't feel the need to bribe my kids with Christmas gifts because I mean, that's, that can add in this whole level of taking away from the magic, mm-hmm. you know, or that the magic's conditional only on your behavior or based on your behavior or which can then translate to if I'm taking the responsibility, my love is conditional. Like, 
how far is that going to go? Right. Um, so yeah, that's not, that's not something that we do at our house. I don't know how, how to handle that outside of it. I have considered, I've been tempted by the elf on the shelf idea. Um, just cause it looks like so much fun. Dang it. But <laughs> I, I haven't actually read the Elf on the Shelf book myself, so I don't know how ingrained the, like, he's watching element is. But just the fun of, like, we have this elf here for a month that's just playing funny pranks, you know? I I think that's cute, and I think there's a good place for it. But I don't know that it needs the, like, I don't know. Again, it should be maybe something that's supplementary to what you're already creating, right? Exactly. Finding a a good way to do that. Um, Yeah. I have that book. You can definitely read it. (laughs) It's a a little, comes comes with it. Um, Well, these are good tips because in my house, Santa rules with an iron fist. (laughs) So I need to, I need to consider some of this of, uh, you know, the magic shouldn't be conditional. You're right. I need to. I need to uh, reevaluate how I how I do that. Um, to be fair, I I mean that's how I grew up, right? That's how that's how we were raised. It's it's a completely different way of looking at Christmas okay. magic, and I think that's one of the tricky things about it is that am I having to break a tradition in order to make the tradition? And and I kind of have to evaluate. Well, what's what is a tradition? Does it matter that it's been generations and generations of this is how it's been done? So I should do it this way because that's how it's been done. Is that the important part? Is that the job of a tradition? So it kind of just becomes a personal, not necessarily battle, but you know, something you have to work out personally to decide like, is it important for me to have this generational tradition or to have a tradition that serves us in our life stage in our family at this time so that can be tricky well and especially again talking specifically about christmas traditions you can find that middle ground right i think you know it seems as though one of the reasons you wrote this book is like because everyone is too far on to maybe the wrong side of that right everyone's neglecting some of the power that they could have in sculpting those traditions and those uh, memories and experiences with their family. And they're relying all on Santa. And it's interesting because you'll hear a lot of people say, well, remember what this season's really about, right? Being thankful and giving and stuff. But then every day is ruled by Santa and presents and stuff like that. And so I think not that that's bad, but you know, it's good to have, it's good to be in the middle there and have a, have a, a healthy balance. And so you can kind of, pull back a little bit of that, take a little bit of control, and then maybe start focusing on really what that season's about. Because if you just flip that switch overnight, I don't think it's going to go super well. Uh, so you can kind of start molding this middle ground uh, where your traditions, Absolutely. you know. Especially with older kids. I feel like that could be really tricky if you did have older ch- children trying to bring in new traditions or changing up from what maybe you've done in the past. I, I think that can definitely be tricky. Um One thing I also love about Nellie and her story is that it's applicable to so many different backgrounds of the experience of Christmas. It's it's really easy to lend itself at the end to being like Christ. I mean, if you celebrate Christmas, you know, as a Christian holiday, 
you can talk about as a family, how doing these things, how serving each other, how being with each other and being kind and thinking of one another is Christ-like. You can easily draw those connections, but that still is magic for people who don't live in a Christian household. That's still Christmas magic. It's just so universally connecting for anyone, right? That's how, that's how we maintain and make relationships. And it's a really tangible way to learn the basics of building relationships, of making connections at a magical time of year when it's really easy because the opportunities are so prevalent. In the book, so you mentioned a second ago, do we break older traditions to create new ones that suit our family right now? And you mentioned that North Pole night. Is this something that you've spoken a little bit about your experience and your kids, but when you were younger, uh, is that something that you derived maybe from when you were younger or what kind of traditions are you taking from when you're younger? And again, maybe not totally breaking or or maybe breaking depends or just kind of molding and, and reshifting to fit what you are, you and your family are doing right now. Because as you mentioned, the way we were raised is a little bit different than maybe the way that we're choosing to raise our kids. And so how do we, how do we blend that so we can still preserve some of that other stuff, but also kind of shape our own traditions? For sure. I love that. I didn't grow up with a North Pole night. This is something that my husband and I worked together on okay. to come up with. But like one of the things that was really important to my family growing up was music. We, we spent a lot of time making music. So I wanted to make sure that that was part of our Christmas Eve tradition. So when we sit around the Christmas tree after we've done North Pole night, we're singing carols. We're listening to I have a record player that we pull out only at Christmas time and it's in the North Pole room with us so that we can listen to you know our crooners being Crosby Frank Sinatra while we're wrapping presents I love that um there's still plenty of you know food is really integral for a lot of people's traditions and there's plenty of time and space for including that as well and like we still go see Santa. For example, tonight we have a family party that we're going to where Santa will be there. And this specific Santa tradition that this Christmas party always has is that Santa brings like a less than $5 gift to each of the kids. So my kids still get something from Santa every year. That's awesome. (laughs) And, And it's been interesting. My oldest is six and she has started having conversations with her friends, which I've heard overheard on a number of occasions where she'll talk to them about Santa. And one of the most recent like interactions that I noticed was she had an older friend. This friend was like eight and the friend was like, Oh, do you believe in Santa? And my daughter Paige straight up was like, yeah, I mean, he lived a long time ago, but he he still was a person. He's a great character. Like she she explained to this friend that like Santa doesn't come to our house, but Santa's like she was able to affirm the reality of Santa mm-hmm. while affirming her own belief that Santa doesn't necessarily come to our house. So it's the spirit of Santa. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I loved that she was able to have that conversation in a respectful way where she wasn't 
belittling the other person's beliefs, which is a great, you know, real life practice for respecting people's beliefs outside of Santa. It's just really applicable all the way around. So, well, I love that too, because whatever the situation is, you know, this particular one is Santa, it could be something else in the future. Good for you for, for having that conversation and raising her in a way that she can understand that whether it's this, that, or something else, there's a way to express your opinion or your belief or the things that your traditions or things without hurting someone else's magic. Right. 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 And for the listener at home, whether you choose to continue to allow your kids to believe in Santa or the Easter bunny or things like that, you know, we're, we're not saying anything about that. I believed in like Santa till I was like 14. So, <laughs> um, and, and I don't have any plans on breaking it to my kids anytime soon. <laughs> I, like I said, I like that iron fist that Santa rules with in my household. So we'll, we'll see, we'll play that by ear. Uh, but again, what I love so much that I think can be accepted by anyone listening, no matter what your your Christmas traditions are or holiday traditions, that is taking back some of that responsibility to create these experiences and create the magic. Because again, no matter if your kid believes in Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny or whatever until they're 45, it doesn't matter. There will be a period of time where you lose some of that magic. And if you can, if you can really take control of it, like you said, I think it, it keeps that magic going and can even bring a better appreciation to it, which I think is a great, great message. This show it's called family health and hustle. The first pillar being family, because I do think that's the most important pillar to focus on and stepping back even now out of holiday traditions, I think just traditions in general with your family are ways to create these milestones of memories and magic throughout the course of your life, whether it's a summer tradition in the 4th of July or just something in the middle of March, whatever it is, there's people out here trying to think about how can I, how can I be the best parent I can be, or how can I have the best family relationships I can have while juggling and balancing all these things? And your book, although centered around Christmas magic, I think is just about creating magic with traditions. Would I be correct in assuming that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's absolutely applicable to other times of the year. I I think that you're right. Traditions are kind of these handholds through each you know, decade that passes where you can look back and think, you know, every 4th of July, this is what we do. And, and you can kind of hold on to that and and I love that you can see year to year how things have changed, how things have evolved. But it's clear that like last year, 4th of July, we did this and it changed in this way. But it's an easy mile marker in your mind of the passage of time. And and in A Dash of Christmas Magic, there are the fundamentals of the, the connection, the relationships of maintaining those connections and relationships that are applicable to every time of year, any time of year, every holiday, every birthday. I mean, you can you can do that any time of year. You can focus on deepening connection. Always. I love that. I love that. And and as as you may encounter trials or 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 hardships throughout life, I think those those goalposts or those milestones of those traditions that 
it's it's like a beacon of of a good time or a beacon of of that warm fuzzy feeling that magical feeling that you talked about and you can easily look back and lean on that in times of needs something to look forward to yes that, that milestone's still coming christmas is still coming those warm feelings will come again or could you can create those warm feelings you'll have the opportunity to do so again i love that well, Annie, thank you so much for jumping on today and sharing that message with us. Was this your first book that you wrote? Do you have plans for many or was this kind of just something that you really felt inspired to to put out there? Um, this is a, a first. I don't think we're done. I, I think we're going to continue with, you know, a few other things. We'll see where Nellie takes us. But yeah, this is our first. It's available on Amazon right now. So... Perfect. And we'll include that link in the show notes and descriptions for those who are listening at home or watching on YouTube. Do you have a website or anything that you want to point people to, or is it just kind of go find the book and and we'll go from there? Not yet. So find the book, um, follow along, hoping to, you know, see where things go from here. Nellie's got big goals. So awesome. (laughs) Well, Annie, thank you so much for jumping on. And to the listener at home, I hope you saw some value in this. And and please go pick up a copy of A Dash of Christmas Magic and see how you can amplify and and create more magic at home with your family. And I just want to say that we wish you, I wish you a very Merry Christmas this coming uh, week. So we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for joining in today because pursuing a balance between family, health, and hustle can feel a little wacky sometimes. So we need to learn from each other. And with a simple click to subscribe, we'll invite you back to our next episode. In the meantime, download our free ebook, Six Secrets for Success at FamilyHealthAndHustle.com. And remember, we're on this journey together.